The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello again, Giants fans, and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show is going to feature a special and very enjoyable, or at least I hope very enjoyable, interview that I was fortunate enough to land with New York Giants 2020 seventh round pick Tay Crowder, otherwise known as, as Mr. Irrelevant, who, who ended up as a starting inside linebacker for the Giants. Talk to uh, talk to Tay about a number of topics and and hopefully you will enjoy that interview when we get to it in a few minutes. First, though, we need to talk about Thursday's trade by the Philadelphia Eagles of Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously not a New York Giants story, but one that impacts the Giants since the Eagles are in the NFC East. The Giants compete with them, face them twice a year. And, and here to help me uh, help me break that down is Big Blue View's Nick Filato, who I more or less consider to be our our uh, league-wide columnist, analyst, whatever you, uh, you want to call that. Nick, thanks for... Uh, for hopping on with me for a couple minutes on short notice. Ed, thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, you know, people don't want people don't want to know the adventure that we had trying to put this trying to put this <laughs> show together, but uh <laughs> invest in your laptops, everybody. That's all I will say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 please do that and and it, and Nick Nick has marching orders to uh, to go and, and and get himself a laptop after we finish this show. So let, let's just leave it there. <laughs> yes yes all right nick so let's let, let's talk about about carson wentz now obviously no big surprise that the eagles had to trade him i think that the eagles had backed themselves into that corner into this situation where they really had no choice drafting jalen hurts and then going ahead and playing him and and all of that, this was never going to work where they were going to be able to bring him, bring in a new head coach and give the job back to Carson Wentz and, and try to fix him. And this was, you know, first, my first thought was if they ever tried to do that, it was going to split the locker room. It was going to destroy the team 
because if you have two quarterbacks, the old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I mean, do you do you agree with me that they had more or less backed themselves into a corner where, where they simply had to part ways? I think with the dyna- the dynamic with Carson Wentz just in general, because he was having that MVP type of season back in 2017, the year they won the Super Bowl, 33-7 and seven touchdown interception ratio. And then we all know what happens. He gets hurt. Nick Foles steps in wins the Super Bowl, they build a freaking statue of Doug Peterson and Nick Foles in front of Lincoln Financial Field. Carson Wentz has to go into work every day and see those statues. And then, last draft, Howie Roseman spends a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts when it's supposed to be Carson Wentz's team. And it just seems like that never gelled well with Carson Wentz. It seems like the locker room never gelled too well with Carson Wentz. They were split on him. And ever since Frank Reich, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, vacated, it just hasn't worked out for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. So it just definitely seemed like it was something that could not be redeemed between Philadelphia's front office and Carson Wentz. I mean, landing in Indianapolis, you mentioned Frank Reich. Landing in Indianapolis, it, I mean, it always seemed like if if Wentz was going to move, it was either going to be Indianapolis, where Frank Reich was his former offensive coordinator and now head coach and now you know head coach in Indianapolis, or Perhaps it was going to be Chicago, where John DeFilippo, you know, former quarterbacks coach with the Eagles, uh, is is on that coaching staff. Guy that was credited with doing a lot of work back in the, you know, back in, early in Carson Wentz's career to clean up his mechanics and and get him on the right path as an NFL quarterback. So where he landed is absolutely no surprise. Am I right? Absolutely not. It was either going to be. Chicago or Indianapolis, and it seems like Chicago, there are reports that are coming out, they never made an official trade offer. I think what the Eagles were trying to do, they saw the Matt Stafford trade, and they thought maybe they could leverage this 28-year-old who has shown a lot of flashes in the NFL but is more of a reclamation project after 2020. They thought they could be like, oh, let's dangle him out there, see if we can get you know multiple first-round picks for this talent, even though the contract <laughs> that would suggest that that doesn't make any sense whatsoever – and they couldn't. So they were able to get something for him by sending him to Indianapolis. And hopefully it's a win-win type of situation for both of these teams. Well, not hopefully for us Giants people, but I'm sure that's what both of these teams are imagining. Well, you know, it's funny that you call it that you, you talk about win-win because when we when we uh, when we were discussing how we were going to do this, I talked about doing sort of a winners and losers. And, and I'm sorry, when we talk about we we talk about losers and i i just look at the eagles as a loser in this situation because we heard that they they were holding out wanted a first round pick they wanted the stafford deal you know they wanted all of that and and there was no way they were ever going to get that not after what they had done to to wentz's reputation and not after they had benched him and you know not after it was clear that 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 they had a quarterback controversy on their hands that you don't want to hand to a first time, you know, NFL head coach. They were never going to get that. They got a three in this upcoming draft. They got a two in next year's draft that could become a one based on playing time. But I, I, I look at the Eagles as a loser in this situation. I can't look at them any other way. I mean, do you, you agree with that or disagree with that, Nick? Well, one thing that the Eagles did do was get away from this contract. They need to eat $9.3 million in dead cap in this offseason 
because of this, but the Colts are going to be taking on, I think it's going to be over 22 million for the next through 2024 of cap hit eaten up by Carson Wentz, who right now the perception is very, very low. They bought very, very low on him. We all seen MVP type of flashes, but since we knew that this was not going to work out between Carson Wentz and Philadelphia did not seem like that could be redeemed. The fact that they were able to get away from the contract is at least something. And if it does end up working for Indianapolis and they end up going to the playoffs and I think play 70% of the snaps in next season, then that second round picks get gets bumped to a number one pick. The only difference would obviously end up being that if they end up going to the playoffs, that one pick is going to be a latter half first round draft pick. So, I think when you think about Carson Wentz, the potential that we all saw with him coming out of North Dakota State, what he was able to do early on in his career, and if you were to say to those people, us back then, what we were thinking about Wentz, I think we would all be like, yes, if he's out of the division in this kind of manner, that's definitely a loss for the Eagles. But at the end of the day, they had to find a way to move on from him because it seemed like it was an irredeemable situation. You know, since we're talking about losers in this situation, the other team that I have heard mentioned as a a loser in this particular deal is actually a team that had nothing to do with it. And that would be the New York Jets for the simple reason that, you know, we've heard that that maybe they want to draft Zach Wilson. Maybe they want to draft Justin Fields as a quarterback of the future, which would mean moving on from Sam Darnold. And there's a theory that because the Eagles weren't able to get, you know, what they really wanted, what they had hoped for Carson Wentz, that that maybe that drives the price down for Sam Darnold too, a guy who, I mean, let's be honest, he has not had the success in his career that while Carson Wentz struggled in 2020, you know, that Carson Wentz had earlier in his career. So, I mean, do you, do you look at the Jets as a loser too? I don't really look at them as a loser per se, because I think the situations are different, mainly based on the salary. Sam Darnold is still on his rookie deal right now. And yes, eventually he'll be looking to capitalize and get a bigger deal, but he's still on that rookie deal and he comes at a much less cap hit. And whatever team say, if he does get traded, that team that they're trading for, they're going to control what his next contract would end up being. So I'm not going to say that they're necessarily a loser in this, the Jets, but now you just kind of remove a team that possibly could have been interested in him. I still think there are going to be other teams that may be interested. I think San Francisco could be somebody who could be interested in a player like Sam Darnold. And I obviously think Chicago as well can definitely be interested in a player like uh, like Sam Darnold. So that's something that I think is an interesting point, but I wouldn't necessarily consider them a loser. And I think, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, winners in this deal. I look at Wentz is definitely a winner in this deal because he goes to a place where Frank Reich is going to be his head coach, guy that that he's had success with in the past. The Colts are a good football team. There's not going to be any controversy over whether or not, you know, quarterback, the starting quarterback is his job. Jalen Hurts is obviously a winner. Because now the Eagles job is his unquestioned with no locker room controversy, none of, you know, no Carson Wentz looking over his shoulder. Um, and, And for me, the third winner in this is definitely Indianapolis because they get the guy they wanted at quarterback and they don't have to give up a 20, 21 
first round pick or even a second round pick. So they've still got their their premier draft capital to to build with. And, and we know that in the draft in recent years, they've done a good job. So so I, I look at 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 those three, you know, a, as the winners in this deal. Yeah, I think they all three of those Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz and the Colts could be looked at as winners. But the Colts, there is some risk carried to taking on this contract. There is some risk carried to bringing in somebody who had such a down 2020. But you're really just banking on the fact that Frank Reich and Carson Wentz have a really, really close relationship and have had success working together in the past. Past. So I think those are the uh, definitely the upside for the Colts. And if they can redeem this player, then it could really, really help out for them. Because I think together, Frank Reich, Carson Wentz with Frank Reich, they were like 18 and 11 or something like that. They had a lot of success together uh, as a pair. So they're just looking to bring that to a team that already has a good foundation. Offensive line, they're going to need a left tackle because Anthony Costanzo retired. But they have a really, really good defense as well. So that should be a, a more stable environment for someone like Carson Wentz. All right. So, you know, the... the uh... The other part of of this, you know, for me with uh, with Carson Wentz, with Frank Reich is the one thing that I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear from the Colts. I don't want to hear from Frank Reich. Oh, it's mechanical and we can fix, you know, we can fix his throwing motion or we can fix his his footwork or this or that. And and that's what's going to uh, to to be the difference in getting Carson Wentz back to. to being the player that he was a few years ago. For me, what I saw from Carson Wentz last year, it's between his ears. It's decision-making. It's throwing footballs that should never be thrown. It's trying to make plays that shouldn't, that he shouldn't try to make. It's, it's those things. Um, do, do you agree with me that, that really for Wentz, you know, his problems are, are more mental than, than they are physical or mechanical? Absolutely. I do think there are mechanical mistakes, but I think that is also a product of mentally he's not there. He's not stable. And I think if you fix whatever it is between the ears, if it is a confidence thing, if it is just a a just la- just total lack of just everything has just gone out the door for this player because he hasn't felt like the organization has supported him like he believes he should have been supported – I think all those things kind of like go in junk or in conjunction with each other. And there's a reason why Carson Wentz has struggled with it is because some, some mechanical, I would say definitely more in between the years though. All right. Hey, Nick, thank you very, very much for, for jumping on with me for, for a few minutes here on short notice. I kind of ambushed you uh, Thursday afternoon with, Hey, Nick, can we do a podcast real quick? So, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I appreciate it. Appreciate the insight. Giants fans, we're going to take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I'm going to play the interview for you that I did with Tay Crowder. All right, Giants fans, we're joined now by Giants linebacker Tay Crowder, who's uh, taken some time out of his uh, out of his his off season to join us. Tay, thank you very very much for uh, for making the time. Thank you all for having me. Hey, so I've got to start with this. Um, I heard that you uh, you bought your mom a car. Yes, sir, I did. Did you give her that uh, just recently? Yeah, uh, Friday, uh, February 12th, I gave it to her for her birthday. Um, 
it was a special moment for me and her. Something I always wanted to do as a kid too. So it paid off perfect. So 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 what's your what's your mom's name and how nice are the wheels that you bought her? Uh Lisa Crowder. Um I got a twenty twenty one CLA Mercedes Coupe, so it's pretty cool. Got some got some nice lights on the inside and stuff like that, so it's it's pretty cool. Nice, nice. So you so so you so you didn't you you didn't go out and buy her like a Mini Cooper or something. You went all out and bought her something something nice. <laughs> yeah, it this bad. So she's had like a Honda Accord for since like 2010. So it's and that thing's like messing up bad. So it was something she definitely needed. Hey hey, my wife's got an 07 Accord. I mean, can can we have one of those Mercedes too? <laughs> You got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish, I wish, but uh, you know that maybe one of these days. So, so hey, I have to ask you. I was doing a little bit of research. You know, I know. Uh, you know, you just finished your your rookie year, and and I don't think we got a chance to talk to you maybe only once or twice during the year via Zoom. But but I have to ask you. Speaking of speaking of your mom. I came across this. Your full first name is not Tay. It's and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. It's Dequartavius. Yeah. That's 13 letters. I got to ask you where did that come from? And 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 here's the key question. How old were you before you figured out how to spell it? Man, that's <laughs> tough. So my I my aunt gave me that name because uh, because of her daughters. Her mm-hmm. daughter is Shantavius. Okay. Two years apart. So she gave her Shantavius. I got the Cortavius. So it worked out like that. And it's crazy because I learned how to, uh, I think I learned in like Head Start and forgot how to spell it. <laughs> you couldn't spell it in first grade? I, it's like I knew, and then I just forgot how to do it a few times. <laughs> then oh. I fi- finally figured out how to do it. So by like third, second or third grade, I, I had it down pat. So I was good. There you go. I was <laughs> like, you know, man, what would you what would you send a kid to first grade for? Make him try to spell that. <laughs> yeah. It was tough. Oh, all right. So hey. We got to talk about we got to talk about your about your rookie season a little bit, which means we've got to talk about the play and you know where we're going. We've got to talk about the scoop and score. Just, you know, that's that's the signature play for you. That's the highlight play. That's the one people remember. Just take me through, you know, how the play unfolded for you. Well, we was in a uh, shout out to the coordinator who's in a great look, you know, giving up offense a different look and um I was kind of like I had running back kind of like a spy guy mm-hmm. uh Blake and Kyler Farrell did a did a great job um you know executing on the play and I seen it unravel we got great pressure pressure on the quarterback and um I seen the ball coming out of his hands so I, as I seen that I knew I was in perfect perfect uh, position to help my team and try to get the score and I'm Scooped. I saw nothing but grass. Uh, I think somebody was trying to come get me though, so I had to I had to make sure I got there. But 
it was a special play and a very special moment. And, um, and you told us, I think, during the during the, the the season that that you were tempted to just fall on it, but you you saw too much green grass in front of you. Yeah, I saw too much green grass. We always coaches always say in traffic, just fall on the ball because you don't want to pick it up and then fumble it around and then the other team get the ball back. So I just took I took a chance and I wanted to help my team back and it paid off. And and you started out in college as a running back. So it's not the first time you've you've been running down the field with the ball in your hands. But right. did you have a little running back flashback? And, and when's the last time you, you visited the end zone with the ball in your hands? I would say, well, the last time was actually uh, when we played Tennessee in college my, my senior year. Uh, I actually scored on a similar play after the mm-hmm. uh, scoop and score. So it was it was kind of recent, but it still felt good to have the ball in my hand. There you go. So now the other part of that question. After that Washington game, you missed, I think, five games with a hamstring injury. Is that the play that you hurt the hamstring on, too? Or was that somewhere else in the game? Yeah, it is. That's the crazy thing about that play. I, uh, I was scooping it. I kind of felt felt the whatever it was shoot through my hammy, but I knew I had to I knew I had to score, so I wasn't gonna stop. <laughs> Worry about was, that. Worry about that later, huh? Yeah, everybody was so happy, and I'm like, dang man, I I really think I just strained my hammy, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I get to the sideline, I'm talking to my trainers, I'm like, yeah, I think I just strained my hammy. Everybody like, what? You got to go because <laughs> you know you score, you got to get back on the field. Yeah, I, the the sad thing about that play is I did strain it like as I was and running. So. I I I thought maybe. I mean, we never we never knew that for sure, but I thought maybe. I mean, it it you know just because it was such a such a different kind of a play, but that's so there's a little bit little bittersweet. You wind up in the end zone, but you also wind up in street clothes for a few weeks, huh? <laughs> yeah, crazy. you're not you're not giving back the touchdown though, are you? Say that again. You're not giving back the touchdown, though, are you? Oh no, no, no. You you keep the ball. Yeah, I did. I, I actually kept the ball. Working on getting that frame right now. There you go. So hey, I I want to ask you. Let's you know, we'll, we'll, a little different here. We'll switch gears a little bit. You know, obviously, the whole Mister Irrelevant thing. If I'm you know last player drafted and. If I remember correctly, you know, I I know there's there's some things that go along with that, but and maybe it doesn't mean as much as it might have back in the day when there were 17 rounds in the NFL draft. But did you know, which is crazy? Can you, can you imagine 17 rounds in the draft? Yeah. You know, but 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 you had you had some fun with that, didn't you? Can you just talk about some of the stuff that that went along with that? Oh yeah, so we still in the kind of in the process of trying to see if, like, are we going to do anything or how is it going to play out? But they sent they sent me some cool stuff, sent me a lot of Giants shirts, a lot of Giants gear, hats and shirts and stuff like that to give give to my uh, family and friends. So that was pretty cool. With a uh, long letter, just basically telling me about everything and congratulating me. And they sent me a, a, a trophy. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant Trophy. So it was, it was pretty cool. 
and a watch. They sent me a watch too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty good. Uh, pretty go. cool. So hey, just tell me, you know, round seven winds down, coming down. I'm sure that at that point you're probably talking to a bunch of teams about, you know, about undrafted free agent offers and all that. You know, as the draft ends like that, is that just kind of a crazy time for you with a lot of stuff going on? Very crazy. Uh, something I'll never forget, uh, never forget. It was just, it was a lot. Like, it was almost like getting, um, like, college. It was almost like college in a way. It was It was just a lot going on, very stressful. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, it was, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Getting a lot of calls from different teams and uh, – mm-hmm. Were you, I, I, I'm guessing you probably maybe were, were pretty close to, to landing somewhere else. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had, a, I had a, a lot of pretty good deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ain't though, so, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get dropped probably because of the sign, but I, I, I really didn't know. Yeah, but it worked, it worked out pretty well. I got to ask, you know, you look at the way the Giants drafted last year. Sixth round, they drafted Cam Brown. Seventh round, before they pick you, they pick Carter Coughlin. They pick T.J. Brunson. Out of out of the four of you guys, you know, and it's 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 not a knock on any of any of those other guys, but out of the four of you guys, you're the one who wound up playing the most on defense. When when you think back on it, what do you think it was that that enabled you you know to to step in and get those snaps and 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 be and be as big a part of the defense as you were you know maybe more so than than some of the other young guys uh well my goals my goals for the year were to make the team and um to make the team and help the team in in any way i i could so with that said i just came to work each and every day focused on the all details stuff like that and um you know, it, it paid off for me. Uh, those guys work just as hard as me. Um, they do a great job, also. But um, it just paid off for me in the, uh, in the long run. You know, the guy that the guy that starts next to you, Blake Martinez, is a guy. I mean, came from Green Bay, came in. You know, very proud of the fact that that you know he was in charge of the defense that he wanted to be the guy that 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 people would lean on you know he wanted to be the the quote-unquote quarterback of the defense and when we talked to Blake about you he was very complimentary of your play and and of how quickly you were able to learn and maybe how much you were able to help him you know maybe just lining people up and, and and things like that and and I guess it's sort of a long-winded way of of me asking you, you know, what Blake Martinez means to you as a teammate and as the guy that lines up next to you. Oh yeah, that's my brother for sure. Like uh, I, before I got there, uh, I sent him a long message, asking him, you know, things like what can I do, uh, you know, for my body, like that. He was very, very uh, respectful. Um, he, he helped me out in every way he could. Um, he led by example. Like, that's all you can ask for in a person. He, he, like, he took me in, you know. He was willing to listen to me. Uh, I was listening to him on all the little stuff he knew and um, all the details, stuff like that. So 
I got so much respect for Blake. He's a great leader, and uh, I'm just proud to be one of his teammates. You know, speaking of of leaders, uh, I just want to ask you. Um, first of all, I guess we'll talk about uh, talk about about playing for for Joe Judge, your rookie year, Joe Judge. I mean, he's he's a he's a rookie head coach. Just just your thoughts on 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 Coach Judge. Uh, he's a great coach. You know, you, you can't really ask for much when a, when a coach you know pushes you to be the best every day. Uh, we had to fight a lot of adversity early in the year with, with the losses we had. Uh, not once he complained, he came, he, he approached each week, each each week the same way every time. So I think with that being said, it, it, it put a drive on the players and it affected everybody in the building to uh, you know want to want to keep pushing and uh, want to be part of the Giants organization. And, uh, you know, what about Patrick Graham and, and just his, uh, you know, what we marvel at is is his ability to to sort of change things on the fly. And, I mean, we heard stories about him, you know, I think in the Washington game and putting in a defense on a Friday afternoon and then at another in another game later in the season, putting in a defense on a Saturday, the day before the game. Um, just your your thoughts on on Coach Graham and and whether you've whether you've ever been through anything like that, you know, kind of putting in stuff on the fly. Uh, at Georgia, we kind of did that last minute, but I've never seen a coach who could do it as consistent. You know, he's definitely a student of the game. Does a great job what he does. Um, definitely somebody you want to play for because he, he he loves and respects the game so much, and he's so smart. Like it's crazy how smart he is. I, uh, Got so much respect for Coach, and I'm glad he. Uh, I'm glad he stayed with the Giants. You uh, will you pay much attention to the draft when it comes up here in a few weeks? Oh yeah, I got a lot of uh, my former teammates from Georgia, you know, uh, entering the draft this year. So I'm excited to see uh, how it plays off for them, and uh, I definitely want to see who the next uh, Mister Irrelevant will be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. You, you you could have some advice for him, although I'm sure that, you know, with the pandemic and all that, it didn't work out the way that everybody would have would have liked it to. Um, I want to ask you about a couple of those Georgia teammates, um, guys on the defensive side of the ball who, you know, when, when people, when analysts look at the Giants, they talk about certain positions and certain things that they might need. And, you know, they talk about they talk about the edge a little bit and they talk about maybe adding more corners. So I want to ask you about a couple of guys in particular. Uh, give me a little bit of uh, a little bit of scouting report on a couple of these guys. Aziz Ojaleri. Yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about this guy who I happen to like very, very much from the film study that I've done. Man, I love playing with Aziz. He's gonna he gonna give you everything he got. Comes to work each and every day. Student of the game. Wants to be great. Wants to uh win every play like you can't ask for another teammate like him. He he does try to do all the right things. Um try to you know, like I said, do all the right things, pays attention to the small things and uh I think he he's gonna keep improving to be, get better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, I I don't know if he's on the Giants radar, but but when I watch him on film, I I, I certainly hope he is. <laughs> yeah, no, I hope he is too. 
And and the other guy I wanted to ask you about is DJ Daniel. DJ. Mm-hmm. This is my um I love one thing I love about him, he 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 don't fear anybody when he when he's on the field. No matter how big you are, no matter how fast you are, he's gonna give it all he got. He's gonna stick to his technique. And he he he's very like laser focused. And mm-hmm. I love that Okay. Um, I also, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask you as training wise and, and all of that, how you spending your off season? Yeah. So I'm, uh, training, I'm, I'm here in Atlanta, just training, uh, training and just hanging out now. I'm trying to enjoy this. I haven't really took a trip or anything like that, but right. yeah, I'm just training and and, and and we don't know at this point, you know, obviously last year was not a, it was your first year in the league, but obviously it wasn't a normal NFL off season. It wasn't a normal training camp preseason, all of that. Um, And we don't know what it's going to look like this year either at this point, you know, is that, I mean, and I guess it's a two part question. Does that, is that more difficult for you? And, and, and would you really like it? you know, as a young player, if you guys were able to have, you know, some on-field work during the off season and, 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 you know, in a training camp and maybe a couple of preseason games, would, would you like that? Would you benefit from that? You think? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you never want to be away from something you love too long because it started to feel weird. Like you, you, you get uh, very anxious about it, but you know what I mean? If it's another year like last year, you just got to attack it the same way and do what you can, control what you can control. All right. Hey, um, I'm going to let you go here, but I got to ask you before I let you go, did your mom let you drive the car yet? Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, I haven't drove it since the day I drove it to her, like Ah. to to our house to surprise her, but I'm very excited to go back home and try to give it a drive because she probably (laughs) – she probably still don't know how to work it too much, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it may, maybe she's not going to drive it the way you're going to drive it, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, she, I believe you, so yeah. All right. Hey, Tay, thank you very, very much for, for spending some time. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have some uh, in-person contact with you guys this year. You know, all of this, all of this Zoom stuff is great, but it sure would be nice to uh, to meet you guys face to face and get a chance to talk to you that way. No doubt, no doubt. All right, thanks again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you sometime this spring or this summer. Yes, sir. Thanks. All right, all right. Take care. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. Thank you very, very much for listening. Please remember. Uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram. Check out at Big Blue View on Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. And as I always remind you guys, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye now.